BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. It is a bonus episode week and I wanted to make this one a solo because I did a bunch of research for you on all of the best TikTok dating advice and compiled it all. And I'm going to share it with you today. So I'm very excited about this. Before I get into it, I'm going to give you a little recap of what I've been up to. I went to an influencer event and you guys have heard me talk about influencer events before and how they just don't make me feel good. So I know what you're thinking. Why the fuck are you still going to these events? That's a great question. This one in in particular, they gifted me a very beautiful dress. So obviously I'm going to go to the event because I love the brand. The brand has nothing to do with why the influencer event is awful. The influencer event is awful because of the people. I'm not sitting around saying every person who has a following sucks because that's not true at all. All I'm saying is these events feel like everyone's just like pitted against each other and no one actually wants to talk to one another. And it's more about like, did I get the shot? Is the photographer taking photos of me? Do they, does anyone here care about me? It's like, it's like when you try to sneak into, this is like so niche and no one can relate to this. I can't even relate to this, right? But it's like if you try to sneak into like an Oscar party as a normal person, right? You like, you're there and you're excited to be there, but it's like, nobody cares about you. Like you're not an Oscar nominee. And for some reason, that is just how I imagine that like anyone feels when they go to these influencer events. And I'm curious if other people feel the same way. I mean, obviously, like I had one friend there and it was so nice to see her. But for the most part... And then I also had this realization at the event, which was a really scary realization. And the realization is that I cannot recognize faces. I used to think I had a really good visual memory. And I think I do in terms of like, if I see something on my computer, I'll remember exactly where it was and whatnot. But I'm really bad at recognizing faces. And it's a horrible, horrible quality to have if you are a person who meets people on a regular basis. And there's actually a condition for this. I'm not even kidding. It's called prosopagnosia. I probably... I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, but it's a real condition. Brad Pitt has it. 
And it's a cognitive disorder of face perception in which the ability to recognize familiar faces, including like people that you really know well, is heavily impaired. I have no idea if I actually have this disorder. I'm not going to claim that I do. And I'm sure this is a very serious disorder for the people that have it. But I'm definitely borderline something because this has happened to me multiple times. And the woman that one of the women that was running the event, I've met her a few times. And if you told me her name, I would know who she is. But for some reason, her face, I didn't rec- like I didn't recognize. And this has happened a few times, not just with her, but with people in general. And it's so embarrassing. And I feel so embarrassed because I wonder if people who have met me before think that I'm just like pretending not to know who they are, but I genuinely don't recognize. Like I'm the first person to say hi to someone if I recognize them. And it happened the other night at the mixer. Like I saw a girl who I had done, had a coffee date with and I recognized her and I was so happy. But I think maybe that was because that was like a one-on-one coffee date. Anyway, very embarrassing on my end. Need to work on that. But if you ever see me and you've already seen me and I don't recognize you, to just tell me who you are and I will 100% know. I guess I just, I don't know. I think also smoking weed all those years, like that really could not have helped me with my memory or my facial recognition. Absolutely not. So funny. So we are not trying to get pregnant anytime soon. I get this question every day on Instagram and we're just like enjoying being married, but we are taking these precautions before we do, you know, ultimately try one day. And one of them is genetic testing. And if you don't know what genetic testing is, it's when you test all of your genes to see if you have any genes that could possibly be recessive. And if you and your significant other or whoever you're having kids with has the same genes that you could, you know, potentially pass on that are harmful, you then would consider doing something like IVF. And so it's important to do do genetic testing if you're able to, especially for me and my husband, because we are Jewish and Jews, unfortunately, have more of these genes. I don't know why. I don't know what the science behind it is. But so we did this testing. And it's so funny because I got my test back and I literally have every like Oregon Trail, if you know that reference, you know it, disease. Like I have like tuberculosis. I have like measles, mumps, like all these things, like literally every single thing. And I'm just like, I fuck like now, you know, Steven has to get tested. And like, if he has any, I have everything. So if he has anything, then we are so screwed. And it's so funny. My, my parents call Steven PS perfect Steven, because he's just like annoyingly perfect, you know? And I actually didn't even know about this. A friend told me that they called him this a while ago. And then I threw it into my vows, which I shared on social media. If you want to check them out, they're on my Instagram for We Met at Acme, but they call him Perfect Steven. And true to form, Steven then does his genetic tests. He has nothing, not one mutation, nothing. So I literally have 
every possible, I'm a carrier of every possible thing. And thank the Lord, he is a carrier of nothing. But like, of course, of course he has nothing because he's perfect Stephen. And like, you know, it's just ridiculous. Anyway, I am dying to talk about Love Island, which I said in the last episode. So I'm going to do a Love Island episode for Patreon. This way I don't accidentally share any spoilers for those who are behind or want to start watching Love Island season eight. So go to our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash we met at Acme and you can get all the Love Island bits. All right. Now it's time to go over all of the best advice that I found from TikTok. So get out your pen and paper or your notes app on your phone, because some of this is definitely, if not all of it, is definitely worth writing down. I really sifted through this advice because there's a lot of nonsense out there. There's a lot of repetition. There's a lot of just bad advice. Bad, 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 bad. But all of these things that I found are really good advice. And I'm like, wow, I'm adopting a lot of this over here. So the first one is when somebody asks what you're looking for, and I always, so I've answered this before. And I say, when somebody asks what you're looking for, you should say, I'll know when I find it. So this is kind of not that different from that, but it is also a great answer to this question. When somebody asks what you're looking for, you say, I'm looking for someone to be themselves so that I can get to know them and figure out if we are a good match amazingly articulated. I love this. This is basically like, shut the fuck up is what I'm looking for. Like, don't ask me that question. I am going to tell you when I, that's basically saying I'm going to tell you when I find it in a nicer way. It's basically saying, be yourself. And if I decide I like this person who you are, I will know if we're a good match. Otherwise, I'm moving along. Goodbye. You know, it's it's very well said, very assertive. I love it. I love that answer. Another thing that I picked up, the worst thing that you can do when... So let's say you're talking to someone and you don't feel like they are communicating as much as you'd like them to, or you find that they're distancing themselves, or they don't text you enough. And I get this this question all the time on AMA, like, what should I, what should I say? What should I do? The worst thing that you can do is tell somebody that their lack of attention is bothering you. The worst thing you can do, because that's not going to, A, make them want to talk to you more. B, you know, that's going to then have them think that you're obsessed with them, right? And see, the reality is, instead of saying that, right, instead of saying that their lack of attention is bothering you, if you say nothing, then they either give you more attention, right? Or they continue to not give you attention, in which case they're not worth your time. So instead of just like saying, you're not giving me enough attention, just dial it down, play it back. Like, don't get up in their face about what they should and shouldn't be doing. They know what they should be doing. They would be giving you attention if they were 
interested in you. So I think unless you're already in a romantic, like boyfriend, girlfriend, 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 whatever situation, you can't really call them out for the lack of attention. If they are your boyfriend or girlfriend, that's a different story. And that's not like, again, you don't say like, you haven't been giving me attention. You say like, I understand that you've had a really busy week. It makes me so happy when you check in and blah, blah, blah. You know, always like the way that you phrase it, always. If you've been following the market at all recently, you're probably horrified by what you've been seeing. People are saying that we're going towards another recession. It is scary out there, especially if you're somebody who is very hesitant to get started in the market to begin with. But it's all perspective. And when you're working with a company like Wealthfront, you learn so much more than you ever realized about investing. Kind of like that you should be investing when the market is down. Wealthfront is a financial services company that's been that was founded in 2008. Their goal is to make building long-term wealth delightfully easy and offer both high-yield savings and automated investing accounts that do just that. They have a beautifully designed interface that's refreshingly streamlined and uncumbersome. It's really easy to use. And they want you to learn how to invest. They want to help you grow your investments and build them over time, which is really, really amazing. Plus, you'll get a $50 bonus when you start investing with Wealthfront. So sign up today by visiting wealthfront.com slash Acme. That's wealthfront.com slash Acme. This bit of investing wisdom is a paid endorsement from Wealthfront. And the reason is because they want to invest for you. There's no surprise that Wealthfront was voted the best overall robo-advisor by Investopedia. And it's already helping nearly half a million people build their wealth with over $27 billion in managed assets. So go to Wealthfront.com slash Acme and get a bonus $50 when you start investing today. Check it out. You may have heard me talk about acupuncture that I started and have been absolutely loving and I can't wait to tell you more about it. But part of the reason I love it so much is because they use Sage Natural Wellness, which is also a sponsor of this podcast. Sage believes that everybody deserves physical and emotional wellness. And that's why for over 30 years, they've been creating 100% natural plant-based personal care products for your home and your overall well-being, including diffusers and blends that elevate your space with functional scents that smell like happiness, the rainforest, eucalyptus, and more. They've got all different essential oils that all serve a different function. Some for stress, some for sleep, some for your headaches. It's really amazing. I love their peppermint halo, which I use every day because I get headaches a lot. I just put a little on the back of my neck and immediately feel things changing and fixing. And it's really great because I don't have to just pop a bunch of pills that probably are stopping me from going to the bathroom and doing other bad things. No, no, no. I just use a little bit of the essential oils from Sage. It's really, really amazing. If you haven't discovered Sage, it's time to check it out. And as a thank you to my listeners, Sage is offering all of you a discount to help you top up on your wellness. You can use code ACME20 at checkout to receive 20% off your purchase. 
You can use this code online at saje.com. That's saje.com and use code ACME20. Or you can do it in store as well. That's saje.com. Use code ACME20. Okay, another one we got here. In the beginning, it should be so easy, so easy. And if it's not, then you're not compatible. You shouldn't be fighting or convincing each other to change or stressed out about them. Wow. So well said. I cannot stress this enough. There is nothing, nothing. I literally just ate the mic. I'm sorry. There is nothing that you should be stressed out about or there's nothing that should make you fight in the beginning. There are so many things that are going to happen in the future that you should probably fight about or at least disagree about. But in the beginning, if you are fighting, in the end, you will be like sick from how much fighting there will be. If you are fighting in the beginning, that's a sign that you are mismatched. The honeymoon phase, and I, it took me so long to, it took me my husband to realize this. The honeymoon phase should be long as fuck. It should be like a year at least. I was accepting honeymoon phase ends at like six months or even earlier. Why? Why would the honeymoon phase end that early if this was the person for me? Why? Because it it wouldn't. That wasn't the person for me. So it really should be so easy. You should be just getting on, like as they say, a house on fire. You should be, you know, having sex all the time, like having these deep conversations, not wanting to go to bed because reality is better than your dreams. You know, all these cliche quotes, like that's how it should be. Another thing that I picked up, give other guys the time of day. It is so important for guys to see that you're not closed off to them. And I'm now just in this specific instance, just talking about women dating. I think it's really important for women to make sure they're giving other guys the time of day. And I've said this before so many times, right? I say, don't put all your eggs in one basket. But what I mean is don't, is give other people the time of day. If a guy that you're dating sees that you're immediately closed off to him and he can tell, you don't have to tell him. It is just immediately obvious. Then he's not interested And that's just a fact, like I'm not going to get too much into it with Love Island, but that's the whole thing is like in Love Island, if a girl is completely closed off to a guy without being open to other possibilities, he's totally turned off by her. It is only once another guy comes in and shows interest in this girl and she's entertaining it back that the guy loses his mind and realizes how obsessed with him with her, he is. But only once showing the guy that she's open to others. So I'm not saying you have to like on the date with some guy be like, I'm open to other guys, but just be it. And don't ever make them think that they are the only one until they've earned that. Okay. This is one of my favorite 
pieces of advice that I picked up. I know this already. Like We all know this. You're probably thinking like, this is common sense. Maybe, maybe. But sometimes we need reminders of common sense because we lose our head when we like somebody. If they tell you the truth, even if it's the truth that you don't really want to hear, they're a keeper. So you're like, what does that mean? If they, why would they lie? That's not what it means. It means when you're like, wasn't Kelly being such a bitch? And they're like, actually, babe, she wasn't. I think that she had a really valid point, blah, 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 blah. That's a keeper because that's somebody who actually cares about you and wants you to think about things in a different way. I remember early on in my dating career when and like whenever anybody would disagree with me, I'd be like, they're fucking disgusting. They don't support me as a woman, blah, blah, blah. And maybe that was a bad example because like, you shouldn't be talking shit about other women, which is another thing we'll talk about, like at least right away. But it's really important that somebody challenges you. They have to challenge you. And if they don't challenge you, they don't care enough about you because challenging somebody takes effort. And you only put effort when you actually care about somebody. And I do this all the time with Stephen, probably too much. I, a lot of the time, will have something to say about something that he tells me. Like he'll, you know, tell me a situation from work and he'll be like, yeah, I felt like this person was wrong. And I'm like, well, I don't think they are. And he really appreciates that perspective. And I don't always do it. And most of the time I do agree with him because most of the time he is right and vice versa. But when he, when I do it or when he does it, it is so appreciated. And that is something that makes you... I hate to be like, you know, like that dad sending you to work or whatever, being like, make yourself indispensable. But it really is a thing that makes you indispensable to this person when you're not just agreeing with everything that they said. And it goes back to like the why men love bitches thing. It's like, men don't love bitches. Nobody should be a bitch. But men don't love pushovers or people that don't actually have their own opinion. So next time you hear something your man says or your woman says that you disagree with or your partner, whatever, says that you disagree with or don't 100% feel the same as them, say it. Use that extra effort that it takes to say it. And I know it can be hard because most of the time we're on our phones when our partner is talking maybe or like we're just like kind of accepting like, yeah, yeah, totally, totally. No, like actually speak up if you don't agree with something that they said, you know, like that's hotter than anything. Okay. This is a bit repetitive, but it goes with the worst thing that you can do is tell them their lack of attention is bothering you. If a guy wants you, you won't have to ask for effort. You know this, I don't need to explain this, but it is well put. You don't have to ask for effort. You should not ever have to ask for effort. Okay, on to my, I, you know what? This is actually my favorite piece of advice. This is something that I've been preaching forever, but I didn't know what to call it. I, I have been calling it slow playing, but you're like, what the hell is slow playing? Like, what does that mean? Okay, slow playing is when you are dating somebody in like the early stages, but you also kind of do this when you're official too. You don't ever end the conversation, meaning you don't say good night 
sleep well or like going to bed now or I'll talk to you later, just about to do this thing. The slow play text is that you never end the conversation. You just kind of keep it going and pick it back up where you want to again. So part of why this is so effective is that the conversation never ends. It is like this ongoing conversation. And the it's actually the reason I called it slow playing. It's slow play is a deceptive play in poker where the player bets weakly or passively, but has a strong holding. So for example, like you're holding your cards close to your chest. You have something really good, but you're not giving it all out at once or giving it away with the way that you're you know, the faces that you're making or the things you're not giving it away. And that's kind of exactly what you're doing here. You have good chat, right? You have good things to say, good conversation, but you're not going to abruptly end it or say like, yeah, like I'm going walking into this meeting, blah, blah, blah. You don't need to explain yourself ever, ever. But instead you just pop back into the conversation when you want to when you're available. This way, you don't have to really listen to the texting etiquette rules of, you know, ask a question here, do this, do that. Just make sure in this instance that they're the last person who said something. If they're the last person who said something, you can always jump back in. And they're not going to double text. They're not going to be like, hello, I thought we were in a conversation. No, because nobody does that unless they're a murderer, pretty much unless they do it in a funny way. But you don't owe them a goodnight text necessarily, right? And if you start to get into the habit of the goodnight text, then it could possibly seem dismissive if they send one, right? Because you're like, I thought we were in the middle of a conversation or if you send one. And so I don't know if I've ever even said that on here, but I don't like the goodnight text really. Unless you're in a relationship, I don't think you need to say goodnight. Because again, it ends the conversation. So just kind of pick it up where you left off and where you want to again. My favorite thing to ever do is reference therapy in my episodes. You've heard it in probably every single episode I've ever released, including this one. And part of the reason I'm referencing it always is because it has always helped me with dating always, always. I wholeheartedly recommend Talkspace for therapy. You can sign up online and start therapy the same day as you sign up. You can text, video chat, send voice notes, voice messages to your licensed therapist. So it's incredibly convenient to have virtual sessions from the comfort of your home, especially in the times that we're in right now. It is just safer that way. But also it's harder in these times. So it's perfect because you have someone there 24-7. You can send and receive unlimited messages with your dedicated therapist all the time whenever you need them. You can set goals with this therapist and then the therapist can hold you accountable and make sure you're really progressing. You want a therapist who's going to challenge you, you know? And if your goal is to be someone that doesn't react to things as much, like I talked about in this episode... Talkspace is the number one place to be finding somebody and getting started with that 
goal. As a listener of this podcast, you'll get $100 off your first month with Talkspace. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com. Make sure that you use the code ACME so you can get $100 off your first month and show your support for the show. That's ACME and Talkspace.com. It is secure and private and uses the latest end-to-end bank-grade encryption technology to store your information privately complying with all the latest HIPAA regulations. So make sure you go to Talkspace.com and use the code ACME to get $100 off your first month. Another thing that is so obvious, but people still want to do it. And I will get messages about it. And by the way, I have not necessarily followed all of this advice. I just want to make it very clear. I feel like sometimes when I'm explaining this advice to you, maybe you might think like, oh my God, like she has never made these mistakes and she's like up here on her high horse. No, absolutely fucking not. I have made all of these mistakes. Part of the reason I compiled this for you is because this is stuff that has helped me like get married, but it took a fucking long time. Like I'm third, I'm about to be 32 in September. So don't think for a second that I am some perfect being who did everything right always. I've also told you that I broke a rule with Steven. So keep in mind that I'm not perfect and I don't expect you to be perfect. This is stuff that I'm telling you that is just eye-opening that hopefully will help you navigate the dating world, just like everything that I'm always trying to tell you all the time. So just needed to caveat that. Okay. So don't ever send any... And by the way, this is advice. Everything that I'm saying sounds like harsh, but this is how people talk on TikTok because it's like, you got to get people's attention in two seconds. So people are like, don't you ever do this. If you do this one thing, your car will flip over five times and you will never recover. You will have a lifelong illness. And you, if you like, there's these crazy TikToks about like people making salads and it's like, this salad will change your life. It's chickpeas and 50 pounds of red onion and a sprinkle of olive oil. And if you don't consume this salad in the next seven hours, you will absolutely develop a chronic illness and you your life will end today. If you don't eat this salad, your boyfriend will dump you. Like that is the vibe of TikTok. So let's just be clear that we all know that this is aggressive. And the reason it's aggressive is because it is TikTok advice. But that's also the reason that it's interesting because, and that's the reason that these are very, very viral videos of dating advice. Okay. Don't ever send long paragraphs or try to quote, make them regret their decision if they lose interest in you. Again, this goes back to what we said before. Like, don't like ask them to show you attention. You don't need to prove yourself to anyone who is not sure about you. You never need to send a long paragraph to somebody that rejected you. It does not make them regret their decision. Whether it's a guy you're sending it to or a girl you're sending it to, I have gotten numerous long paragraphs after a breakup and it made me cringe 10 out of 10 times. There was never a moment where I received a long paragraph and I was like, wow... I really fucked up. 
I should totally take this person who just wrote me an essay back. This essay that they've compiled made me realize how much I actually truly like them. And without this essay, I would not be questioning everything. No, no. You get the essay and you're like, wow, they need to move the fuck on. So no long paragraphs. Don't do it. Okay. Another one that's really helpful. If this TikTok starts out and it says, if a guy uses this one word, he's not interested in you. Obviously had to keep watching. The word is busy. And I agree with this person 100%. If the guy says, sorry, I've been so busy or, oh, work has been so busy this week. Busy means I'm not interested in you. You don't tell somebody that you're interested in that you're busy because no one gives a fuck. Busy is actually just like a toxic word in general. And I'm so guilty of using it. But every time I use it, I like kind of want to vomit on myself. Like I'm like, am I really that person being like, oh my God, sorry. It's been such a busy summer. Like I hate it when I even say it. If a guy is saying it to you, that's his preemptive. I'm going to cancel many more times because I want you to know I'm busy. I'm busy, 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 busy. Get that in your head that I'm busy. I'm too busy for you. So maybe I will cancel again. And then I will text you when I want you to come over for sex, but otherwise make it known that I'm busy. So don't expect anything from me because I'm a busy guy. Nope. That guy sucks. Same with a girl. Like if a girl's like, oh my God, sorry, so busy, so busy. She's not interested in you either. Let's be clear. Okay, this is another one I love. It is by a girl, a woman. And she said, how to have attractive energy when dating. Number one, don't be petty. This one, I cannot outline and bold an exclamation point enough. If they cancel plans or have to do something instead and you react too strongly, it first of all shows that you care way too much. Second of all, it just puts like a hostile environment into your courtship, right? And it also gives them your power. Like why are you showing them how much it affected you when they had to cancel. And I was in a similar situation. I've talked about this on the podcast before. Steven and I had planned a weekend in Miami when we were first dating. It was like a month and a half into us dating or something. It was before we were official. We were going to go to Miami and stay at a place that my parents were renting because they weren't going to be there that weekend. And... I was so excited and I had asked him in like such a chill way. I was like, oh, like I'm going to Miami next weekend, like with or without you, which I was. Obviously, I didn't say it like that. I was like, I'm going to Miami next weekend. Uh, I don't know like your schedule, but if you want to come, like that could be fun or something like that. We were on a date in person when I said that and we were like already vibing. And I made some joke like there's two bathrooms. So you don't have to worry about like the bathroom situation, like something like that, because we hadn't like pooped in front of each other yet. And he on the spot was like, I'm in. And I was so excited, but like downplayed it, obviously. 
And then a few days before the trip, and I don't know if we had flights booked. Maybe we did. We must have. But a few days before the trip, he texts me. I wonder if I can find this text. Okay. I found the text. Well, I had Steven send it to me because for some reason my phone deletes old texts, which is kind of alarming. But he basically explained what happened with work. I'm not going to say that part because I don't want to like reveal his job or whatever. And then he said, I'm furious slash it really sucks. And of course this would happen, but I don't want our trip together to involve me sitting inside on the computer the whole time. When I said I wanted to go yesterday, I was 100% in and really excited. And obviously today we have this call, but I don't think I can go next weekend. And then, and then I guess like he had just sent it. And then he said, okay, now you say something so I can stop hating myself and all the words I just typed. And that's when I guess I, I can't see the response times, but I said, I'm leaving this pizza event and rushing on the subway to go uptown And then he said, also the text that should have been in between the second to last and the last should have said, I'm really sorry. And I promise I'll make it up to you. So as you can tell, like I'm now like mentally unwell, but I came up with this that I guess it sent twice because I was on the subway. I said, if anyone knows how important it is for work to come first, it's me. You don't need to make anything up to me truly. And I said that because like, it's true. I do actually really prioritize work over anything. And so I respected that he did too, but obviously I was dying inside. And then he said, I know you get it more than more so than anyone, but it still sucks. If there were a way for me to do both, I'd try. Just know we'll need to be working Saturday and physically in the office on Sunday. And then he said, are you home now? Question mark. And then he called me to like talk about it more. And by then I had like done my walk and cried already. So I was like, okay to talk about it. But in my mind, I'm like, it's really over. Like I didn't believe him until I actually had proof that he was doing that stuff. And he like took me to dinner and then he sent something while I was on the trip for my friend's birthday. And he like did a whole thing to make it nice. So anyway, just wanted to redo that because, you know, context. Nobody needs to know exactly how you feel if they cancel plans or whatever. And I say this to my friend who's dating right now and going out on dates with guys from dating apps. And oftentimes they reschedule or things happen or whatever. And she always wants to be like, this is so rude. And I'm like, no, babe, like literally just say, so I don't call her babe. I don't know why I said that. I hate when girls call their friends, babe. I'm like, no, you don't have to say like, no, because what's the point? You don't even know this person yet. You want to have like the energy be good when you actually do go out. Just be like, okay, sounds good. Like, let me know what else works, whatever. You know, if you are like, that's not okay. Don't you value my time? It shows that like everything in your life was revolving around that date that night. And like, now you don't know what to do with yourself. If you respond calmly and chilly, then it should chilly. Then it shows that you have a million other things you could do that night. And you're grateful for the canceled plans, which is what it should be, right? It's not you pretending to be that easygoing girl. It's you actually being like, okay, didn't happen tonight. It'll happen another night. That's how you should feel about dating. If you put everything into making sure some date happens, it doesn't 
work like that. And that's why I don't, I, when I was dating, I never told my friends like about every date I was going on because things happen. And then your friends are like, what happened to the date? And then you have to be like, Oh, he rescheduled. Like, just don't just mind your business, go on dates, minding your goddamn business. Number two. So this is back to how to have attractive energy when dating. Sorry about that little tangent. Number two, don't talk shit about other girls in front of them. Lift them up. I've been guilty of this. I think we all have. Sometimes I'll do it with like celebrities too. Like if someone's like, oh my God, like Emrata is so hot. I'll be like, but is she? Even though obviously she is, you know, like I don't do that anymore. I probably used to, but it's just not a good look. Even if you are tingling and furiating with jealousy when they're talking about some other girl or like another girl comes up that's like a mutual friend that maybe you're intimidated by, whatever it is, lift this person up. Lift her up to the heavens. Lift her up so much that they are like totally just intrigued by how much you are lifting other women and other people up to the point where they're like, wow, this girl is just amazing vibes, right? So for example, and this is actually a funny thing about my own relationship. I think that my husband's ex is gorge. Like I think she's really beautiful. And I've never said a bad word about her because first of all, I don't know her. And I wonder if you'll ever hear this. And second of all, I do think she's gorge. Like I've seen pictures of them. She's very pretty. And so from the beginning, when he would ask me about my relationship and then I would ask him about his, I would, I'm so true to myself. Like I would be like, I stalked you guys. She's so gorgeous. Like, like live your life, you know, be true to yourself. And he'd be like, oh, like what? Like you're obsessed with her. And I'm like, yeah, like I think she's really pretty. I've never been like, oh yeah, it sounds like she's like crazy. Because if you're the one lifting the girl up in the situation or whoever it is, right? Then that's more likely for them to like say something not so flattering about this person. Not saying that that's what you want. You don't want them to talk badly about anyone. But if you're the one lifting up, they're usually the one that's going to like dish the stuff. Like if I'm like, oh my God, like I love your ex. Like she's so gorgeous. She seems like the perfect person. And this has nothing to do with like, this is another, this is a made up situation now. Like, let's say that he would be like, actually she wasn't perfect. Like she would do X, Y, and Z, you know? And so let yourself be the positive person in this scenario. Always, always, always and forever. And the third thing to have attractive energy is don't complain. Again, find the positive in every situation. I did this a lot when I was first dating Steven and I kind of like continued this mentality, which is really great. All of this is like you fake it till you make it. Like you're positive until you're positive, you know? And something that I said was like, if there was like a shitty situation, like let's say we got to a restaurant and they were like, we only have a table outside and it's pouring rain. Like I'd be like, okay, like we'll figure it out. You know, like we'll we'll put our hoods on and hopefully we won't get that wet, you know? Like the reality is, and this is a, goes back to therapy a lot for me. It's like, what's the goal in your situation? Is, is the goal to, in this circumstance, to like get along and to show this person that like you can ride the wave and like roll with the punches? 
in a situation like, and what really matters is that you're with them, you're together. Like who cares if like your hair gets wet or who cares if like you got the shitty table or you didn't get there on time? Like is your goal to get along with them? If it is, then you're finding the positive in every situation. And like I have... I have a girlfriend who like does the same thing. Like we all, like we always, we also have the same therapist. We also, we always like try to find the positive in the situation. And then the guy is like, so taken aback. And so like, wow, like the girl I'm with is like, so chill. Like she, like, I don't have the pressure now weighing on me to make it like the perfect date or to make it blah, 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 because she's happy no matter what. And like, how good of energy is that, you know? And I'm not saying like, be low maintenance, do this. No, fuck no. Like, be, you still be like high maintenance. Like, you can still like have boundaries and say what you need and say what you want. But what I mean is like, when a situation starts to not go your way, try to find the positive in it. Like if it's an external situation, not, not like a between you and that person. And last, but definitely not least, and I love this one. If you have to ask your partner, do I look cute? Walk away. Turn the fuck around and walk away from that piece of shit because you should not be having to bait your partner for a compliment. Your partner should be giving these out freely because they think you're the cutest person in the world. In the world. Like Stephen compliments me all day. I compliment him all day we're never like holding back or what's the word like sparse. I don't know. We're never withholding of compliments or I love yous. And that is how it should be. You should never have to ask, do I look cute? Because if you're asking, do I look cute? It means that when you walked out in your cute as fuck outfit, they did not say you look so cute or you look amazing. You look beautiful. You look gorgeous. You don't have to teach your partner to compliment you. And if you do, they were not raised well. And unfortunately for them, you're saying goodbye to them. So I hope this was helpful. I feel like it was a fun solo to do. I had a lot of fun doing this research on TikTok. And hopefully now you don't have to sift through all the TikTok dating advice because I literally watched every single video and put this together for you. So I hope you like this compilation and I'm very excited for you to hear Sunday's episode. 